Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlocked big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we are going to unlock the book, How to Be an Imperfectionist, The New Way to Self-Acceptance, Fearless Living, and Freedom from Perfectionism. This book serves as a reminder that while perfectionism may seem like a worthy ideal to strive towards, it makes us impose limits on ourselves and puts us in a bind. Perfectionism is a poison that is not only more harmful than we realize, but also extremely difficult to eradicate from our lives. As the listener, you may find this last statement quite extreme. However, your reaction just shows the dangerous extent to which perfectionism has been normalized in society. Many do not see anything wrong with perfectionism, rather, they would often use the term positive flaw in relation to this behavior. For instance, if an interviewer were to ask, what's your greatest weakness, you would likely shrug your shoulders and respond with, I'm such a perfectionist. Or, for example, if your boss suddenly appears and asks why you're working overtime, you may just tell them that you're perfecting your presentation for the following week. The implication here is that while you may have completed your task, you are still striving for perfection. Were perfectionism limited to personal preference, we wouldn't attach much importance to it. However, it is often the root of a multitude of issues, procrastination, constantly leaving work only 95% finished, severe anxiety, depression, and in extreme cases, driving people to drastic measures. The book's author, Stephen Guise, was actually quite lazy. He could never commit to any one particular thing. To change this, he began to learn about the many ways in which habits form. He then proposed a habit-building strategy that doesn't require willpower, what he calls the method of developing mini-habits. His book Mini Habits is also available here on Bookie, give it a listen if you want to learn more about it. Guys knows a great deal about the dangers of perfectionism because he himself has perfectionist tendencies. In this book, Guys analyzes the roots of perfectionism, shows us its harmful nature, as well as how liberating imperfectionism can be. Finally, he teaches us how to become imperfectionists in our daily lives. Next, we will summarize the main contents of this book in three parts. Part 1, Perfectionism and Imperfectionism. Part 2, The Four Types of Perfectionism. Part 3, How to Become an Imperfectionist. Part 1, Perfectionism and Imperfectionism. Perfectionism refers to our inability to accept anything short of perfection. Perfectionists generally seek three things, the perfect context, the perfect quality, and the perfect quantity. The lack of any of these three standards will upset the perfectionist. Let's use exercise as an example of searching for the perfect context. While exercising, perfectionists usually require a specific location, time, and precise resources. That is why, for instance, without a place that they consider ideal for exercising, they will simply give up on it altogether. But we all know that you can exercise just about anywhere. When sitting for prolonged periods of time while traveling, you can use your arms to support your body or even pull your stomach in and tense your abdominal muscles. There are also people who have a specific time in the day for exercise. For example, some people argue that the ideal time to exercise is before 4 p.m. and certainly not after 9 p.m. However, if they work a standard 9-to-5 day, exercising before 4 p.m. is simply not possible. And a 9 p.m. workout is better than no workout at all, isn't it?
Besides looking for the perfect context, perfectionists look for the perfect quality. This prevents them from ever feeling satisfied about their work and from successfully completing a task. You then have people who seek the perfect quantity. They typically set a large quantity of goals, such as reading three books a month, losing 10 kilograms in four months, earning six figures per year, and so on. They will then proceed to ignore any progress that they might have made if their original goal has not been reached. This denial represents the negative aspect of perfectionism when people are seeking perfect quantity. We now investigate the causes behind perfectionism. Perfectionism is rooted in a total of four factors. First is insecurity, which often leads people to become perfectionists. Insecure people will focus more on their own flaws, which becomes their impetus towards achieving perfection. Second, having an inferiority complex is also linked to perfectionist tendencies. When a person believes that they are inferior to other people, they will strive for perfection as a way to even out the playing field. Third is discontentment with one's life, which will make perfectionists think that they must live an optimized lifestyle. The fourth factor is the negative influence caused by school education. The school system is based on the use of standardized testing to measure the academic performance of students. Because of this, students remain unsatisfied until they attain a relatively high score. Needless to say, this approach has the potential to make students embrace perfectionist tendencies. Having introduced the roots of perfectionism, let's now analyze the dangers. Guys argues that perfectionism is not only responsible for a great deal of mental anguish, it is also the cause of physical, sometimes even fatal damage. That is why Guys refers to perfectionism as a poison. First of all, perfectionism affects performance. Many believe that those who strive for perfection will perform perfectly, but this is not the case. A study in the book shows the levels of perfectionism in 51 female undergraduate students that were tested on a perfectionism scale. At the end of the test, the students were asked to summarize a passage then give this summary to college professors who were unaware of the students' perfectionism scores. These professors would then provide them with their grades. The study found that students with high levels of perfectionism performed significantly lower than those with low perfectionism scores. Although the sample size of this study was modest, its results were still significant. How can we interpret these results? There are two possible conclusions. One is that perfectionists practice writing less frequently than imperfectionists, as they seek perfection without paying attention to incremental improvements. This means that their writing skills aren't as sharp as that of imperfectionists. The other plausible explanation is that perfectionists focus too much on achieving the ideal result, to the point that their conscious thinking becomes too much to bear. This has a negative impact on subconscious activity, which in turn interferes with creativity and concentration. Perfectionism, as we have already discussed, not only affects people's performance, but also tends to make them limit themselves. This so-called self-handicapping relates to putting restrictions that is, handicaps on something in order to have an excuse ready in case of failure. For instance, when competing in a race, people with self-handicapping tendencies will think my ankle is sore, instead of I'm going to win this race. And when they lose said race, the sore ankle serves as a convenient excuse to protect them from embracing their failure. Self-handicapping is a mechanism geared towards self-protection, but it also leads people to focus on safety, rather than devoting effort towards things they need to accomplish. 
Now that we're aware of the dangers that perfectionism poses, how do we get rid of it? Guise's advice is that we should embrace imperfectionism. He points out that perfection simply does not exist, imperfection is the world's true nature. Only once we accept the many contradictions inherent in our world can we gain true, boundless freedom. It is worth noting, however, that imperfectionism isn't the polar opposite of perfectionism. Being an imperfectionist does not equate to being lazy, having low standards, showing disinterest in making progress, or just general apathy. Imperfectionists want to succeed just as much as perfectionists. The difference between the two is that imperfectionists prioritize acting over achieving a flawless result. They will not set unrealistic standards for themselves, and they don't believe that perfection is the only way to succeed. Imperfectionists do not fear failure, what they want is to get things done, and if what they've done isn't good enough, they will try harder until they are satisfied, without going overboard with their expectations. The main trait of imperfectionists is pragmatism, they are unfettered by particular conditions or results. For example, imperfectionists care less about the outcome and more about the process, they focus less on the problem itself and more on how to make progress on it, they are less concerned about what other people think, and more about what kind of person they want to be, they are less bothered about the ideal path to take in life, and more about whether they are acting or not. Finally, they are less interested in failure and more in success. Imperfectionists set reasonable standards for themselves and disregard perfection. What truly matters to them is ongoing improvement rather than achieving perfect results. This concludes the first part of our bookie. Here we have introduced perfectionism and its related causes, as well as the poisonous nature of perfectionism. We then argued how imperfectionism can free us from the burden of perfection so that we can accept imperfection in our lives to achieve better results. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.